Hey, bud. That's a uh, piece of technical difficulties this morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's for sure. There's one thing that frustrates me is when things just don't work that always work. Okay, so you know what, like electronics and stuff like yeah. that in my phone. If it doesn't work, I don't get frustrated because I go, I don't even know how it works. Well, yeah, you don't know how it works when it so does it work. Doesn't matter. Yeah. When it works, I'm like, oh, cool. I and know. then like if it doesn't, it's like it's not my fault. The, the, it's the example, internet's fault. Yeah, the example is the car. Your yeah. vehicle, yeah, it's just a car until something goes wrong. Yep. As soon as something goes wrong, it's like, oh, wow, this is a pain in my ass. Yep. So we had yep. cables not working, internet not working. Yeah. Had to go buy a new charger. Everyone, we were trying to start this, and I had to go. We had to stop, and I had to go buy a new charger because yeah. my. It's been one of those days. It's one of those days, man. It's, it's, it's all okay good. though. Yeah, it's, it's all okay. good. So yeah. on uh, on Friday. Yeah. One of my one of my closest buddies is getting married in a few months. Yeah. So we had to go buy some suits. You don't like dressing up, but nope. I do. Don't like I it like at all. dressing up. So I got a nice fitted suit. I went to this place. I have to give it a shout out. Is uh, it's called Sixty Seven Richmond. Yep. In Amherstburg. Peters. Yep. You know the guy who uh, who owns the old shop. I used to play against this kid actually, yep. and this was your textbook. Like this guy could be head of the Chicago Mafia for like that type type of personality, businessman, super uh, chatty, dressed to the nines, about as Italian as can be. This guy loved and loves clothes. Yep. Loves clothes. So he dresses. He dresses. Well, that's what he says. That's, yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. That's he dresses a, a bunch of the local hockey guys around here. So he's got a picture of Eki's jersey on the wall. Yeah. And he's talking about suiting up Paul Maurice and a bunch of local Peter guys. Peter DeBoer. And, and uh, what's what was the goalie? Di suits. Pietro. Yeah. Before his NHL draft and whatever. So I was asking him about his business and uh, – why? Like, why do you start a clothing store or whatever? Yeah. And he's just like, I just love the clothes. It's and great. he eh? loves the clothes, man. So I'm going to interject. Yeah. So I know Peter well. Uh, used to train both his kids. Yeah. And he's a very, very nice guy. But like you said, he, he's always dressed to the nines, always all that. So, you know, I've, I've talked to you about um, um, that you need to be excellent in things. When you see excellence, mm -hmm. it sticks out like a sore thumb, and that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah. And I've used him, actually, when I said – when you go buy a suit or you go buy clothes, remember I've, t I've said yeah. that before. I that's remember. who I was. That's who I was talking about. Right. Um, because when you go into most places, it's very average, very very average. You go in there. I need a suit. You get a suit, a blue suit. They go, here's our blue suits, and they don't ask questions. They don't. You know, they they can't be honest and say that that looks good on you, but I can do better, or I can do the same look. And save you a hundred bucks because I know your situations and have a good conversation with you and make you feel like a million bucks when you walk in. Right that's the professionalism. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like to do on the ice. Like on the ice last night, you know, the, the, I had a couple new uh, employees and it's like interesting. I think for them, you know, a couple have said to you, they're learning a lot, but it's like making sure everybody gets something, not just come out and do a shooting camp. Yes. It's like learning and, you know, seeing someone struggle and fixing it. It's like, that's, value for your money and uh so as far as pete goes yes he's like top notch um you know you almost might go why, why do you care so much but it's like when you walk out of there you know you got what you wanted that's right and you, you it's things that fit and you look good and you, you know he yeah. explains why and all that it's awesome yeah, yeah. so is is he i know he wouldn't mind saying his name's peter liardi that owns mm -hmm. the shop he owns mm -hmm. two places and it was exactly that. that's why i wanted to bring it up exactly what we just said yeah. it's like that excellence thing i went in there like mm -hmm. i care more about clothes now that i talked to this guy yeah and so he was saying exactly he was he so first of all it's a friday night when we go there okay like this guy wants to go home 
or does he? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. So he closed. Well, it, it, but the, the professionalism is it doesn't matter. Exactly. I've got customers here and I need to make right. them happy. So he closed the, closed the store an yeah. hour before they closed or whatever or yeah. when they would have closed or what do you want to, right. when he would have gone home or whatever. Yeah. Had just me and a couple of my buddies in there. Takes five minutes to get measurements for a suit. Yeah. You're in there for an hour. Yeah. Gave each of us a beer from the back. Had a good nice. like, yeah, had a good talk and yeah. shooting the shit about all of his, you know, business dealings and yeah. how he got into it and asking questions and all that stuff. Yeah. Phenomenal experience. So if anyone that listens that's local that you need to get wedding suits and shit or yeah. even just nice clothes. Yeah. Sixty seven Richmond in Amherstburg. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. so so just to go another level again because I have to. We always do. Yeah. My wife is the epitome of excellence when it comes to insurance. Okay. So she manages people and stuff. And I've, I've had an opportunity to listen to her like when I walk into the house because she's working on the house a little bit more now and talking to her team and explaining how to, how to be an insurance person. It's like, so the, the example she uses, she goes, we're not, when you're, you got to understand insurance. Now she gets in not debates, but people, people that the typical thing with insurance is, yeah, you always get screwed with insurance. They take your money and all that stuff. But she has the ability to explain why insurance is so important. So I went from being like the average guy saying, yeah, you pay too much for insurance to understanding like why, because like if you buy a car and you pay, let's say a hundred bucks a month in insurance, I think that's a lot, but whatever, let's just say a hundred bucks a month. And you say, well, over time I'm spending, you know, that's a lot of money over time. But if you wreck that car, it's a $45,000 car. When do they make that money up? Mm -hmm. So that's what they're insuring against. So, so there's one thing, but she teaches her team. She goes, we're not McDonald's order takers. When someone orders, it's not, I would like a big Mac and you give them a big Mac. It's okay. It, it, insurance is a very, very important piece. So if someone goes in to buy house insurance and they say, well, I'm just going to go with a cheap $10,000 flooding. She goes, okay, do you understand what $10,000 of flood is? It's nothing. You can't even do the drywall. You can't even do the cleanup. Yeah. So she explains that very, very well. So if she does, you do an excellent job at that. You're someone buying insurance. They sit there and go, no, no, just give me the 10,000. You realize that, well, if you flood or if something happens, that covers the bare bones. And for $5 or $10 more a year or right. whatever it is, I'm not an insurance guru, mm -hmm. uh, you can have a hundred thousand and it covers this, 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 and she goes into detail. So everyone knows exactly what they have. And then if they choose not to do it, she's done her due diligence. Right. And there's a huge difference because I've never seen that before when I've bought my, well, my life insurance guy is awesome. Paul Ute, uh, unbelievable. Um, the same type of thing. And, and, and it's, that's what you want to surround yourself with is people that actually care. Right. Period. Did you have something else? Cause I got something for you. Well, I was going to, I was going to go off the insurance thing for a second. Go ahead. So, so speaking of that, Excellence. It's funny that you we, we got onto that tangent yeah. because you didn't know I was writing this, but this morning I was thinking, you know, we had our group in last night for the for our, some of our fitness kids, the older kids, yeah. and I just wanted to say to you, and 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 this is for people because there's a message in it. Is la so last night um, you already did this with uh, Charlie and Seabass, but you had uh, a group of six kids that are like junior level and up that are pushing to, to go somewhere. And, uh, so last night for everybody here, he laid out just, a, it was a meeting. It wasn't a workout last night, laying out the, the workout and the why and what you expected them to do on their own. And you gave them all the details. And then you went through the nutrition and you gave them their own tasks and to write out what they're going to, what they choose to eat. And you went through a very detailed thing on, on their nutrition. Yeah, like the full development. The, the full development. Then you can, I, I can see the kids' eyes going, 
some of them going like, well, I'm not allowed to eat it. Like, you know, they went with that way. Like it was the, this is going to be hard because that's where we default to. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it was, it was very detailed and it was very good. And then I don't think what the kids actually understand is how detailed and how much work you, you put in and the time we put in to getting that, the program together. Yeah. But then, so that they, so for everyone listening, they bought a program for you to work out with them with 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 a certain group and it's kind of detailed and individualized to a certain degree so that's good and it's x amount of dollars and it's not not crazy it's just a, it's it's costs a little bit of money nothing crazy so what they should get is that but what you did is you said because the point of this is that you actually care and you like with with charlie and stuff he's so dialed in with what you gave him with his eating and stuff I, it's so nice but they don't understand the time and the energy that you put in and the money that you could charge for this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's going to just take time out of your pocket or out of your pocket, time out of your, out of your life to make sure that they're on board full well knowing that if there's 10 people that say they're committed, less than half will that's actually free. be. Yeah. And that's, and that's yeah. the chance you take, but yeah. it's because you care. Yeah. So I was sitting there last night with a, with a very high level of pride, not because of me, but because you are working with me and you have the same um, demand for excellence or give a shit meter that you want them to succeed. It's almost to the point where it's maybe more than they do. Yeah. Right. Because you see potential and all that kind of stuff. So that's that. Um, so that makes me like very, very happy because that's, that's, that's a standard that you don't see very often. Right. Yeah, yeah. So what I was thinking about that and, and when I piped in, I'm just going to say what I piped in is I told the kids, uh, well, so number one, uh, how many, how many people around Ontario or the world, and I'm being honest, have that level of care when they go to a, a fitness trainer, a hockey school instructor, a skills instructor, like to go above and beyond, like to have that is special, yeah. you know, and I know there's so on the other side of that, yeah, you might get it somewhere, but to sit down and do an individual nutrition plan and have access to someone all the time, it might go upwards of $10,000. And that's just the truth. So they care. Yeah. And they're getting in the pocket. So that's number one. Um, that, so that's what I was telling those kids. And then I was saying that, where will you be? Like, so you, you can look at this plan. Cause I saw the eyeballs going like, okay, so I have to, you know, you set the template. So what I, what I told them after was like, okay, guys, listen, you already do the workout. All we're adding here is two things that we want you to do on your own. And that's up to you and, and be accountable, send it to Eric. And if you don't want to do that, like, Hey, no, no problem. But this is, this is what we want from you. So that's on them. So it's like, that's not, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, a sprint day and a little bit of a conditioning day that you can do on your own. No big deal. You can do it. So they kind of, okay, yeah, that's true. Cause it seems overwhelming. The nutrition part is we all have intentions of being perfect, but we all know that we're going to fall short. And we, we talked about that with them last night. It's like, you are going to be, have the intention of being, doing every workout a hundred percent. You're going to try to eat a hundred percent, but that is just not reality. And like we said to them, because asking for perfection is not possible because you know, like what I said to them last night was if I tell you that I come in here every day at six o'clock in the morning and I give 100% of my workouts, I am a liar. Yep. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. I, uh, some days I, I can only give 60 or some days I, I, not very often, but some days it's just like, I, I can't do it today or don't want to. 
mm-hmm. and I talked myself out of it. So that's, I failed. Right. Um, and the other thing is, um, like with your nutrition, you might come home and, and, and try and, and, you, and you're going to sit there at, a, at some time, some place and your brain just says, no, I'm having the cookies or no, I'm eating the bowl of pasta. I'm not having protein and I'm going to, I'm going to fall off. The, it's not the end of the world. It's start over. But a lot of people will take that and say, well, I can't do this and it's overwhelming. Yep. So we were explaining to them that you don't have to have perfection, but you want to go, you don't want to just buckle every time something happens. Yep. And if you do that, like, where will you be in three months? Because I know for a fact, I see what people do, and this is like incredible. Like, like especially when you dial in the eating and the, the personal um, training that they get here, uh, these guys will be on fire, man. So I told them, I said, it's not as much as it looks overwhelming at first. Once you start looking at your, you know, you start preparing meals for the first few days, first week or whatever, and you get your workout and you get your routine, then it becomes automatic and then it becomes a little bit easier. And it's actually easier to do than not. And don't look at it like this is what I have to do. Look at it that this is what I get to do so that I can achieve my dreams or, yeah. or pursue my dreams. I put everything into it. Mm-hmm. So I see that little kid at my house and he's so, and my wife says it all the time. She goes like, he's really excited about dialing everything in. And I said, yeah, it's, it's like, cause the attitude's on right. And if your attitude's on right, then you look at something like that's a task. You don't look at the, the obstacle. You look at what you're actually getting out of it. So in his head, he's sitting there going, okay, I was strong last year and I played pretty good and I'm actually a good player in this league. If I do this, like he knows what, how to work hard, but if I just tighten this up and do this to a T, where will I actually be in August mm-hmm. for camp? I, and I told those kids last night, I said, if you do this and focus on it and pay the price now, if you want to call it paying the price, you go into your camp, you're going to impress people. You have yeah. no choice. Yeah. You have no choice. So yeah. I was, I, I just want to say that to you. Um, and for the kids that are listening, if there's a message there, I think there was, is uh, like, great job with that. Like, fuck, whoops. <laughs> like, great job with that. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I love it because that's when I went on the ice last night, that was what I was given to the kids. It was the same thing, right? They don't yeah. know it, but I didn't have to sit there with a kid that can't shoot very well yet and actually spend that much time because I could have easily just said, yeah, I just keep working. Mm-hmm. But it's actually important that they go away with something yep. and, and hope and, and want to come back and they can say that guy actually cared about me and that guy actually um, – wants me to be a good hockey player so yeah uh, anyways sure. that was that was my little thing with that but it's uh and then again the last part of that is what dalton says is like you can go and do things that like this it's it, it ain't cool man it ain't cool what charlie said he goes now i got my built-in excuses i don't exactly. sorry i gotta eat tomorrow i gotta run tomorrow i gotta work out tomorrow can't do it i need some sleep like it's built in and he's got a reason like and it's like in front of his face and he's a little bit of a a little bit accountable to you he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to disappoint you which is great and uh so that's what's great and and so what's what's with most people what they're doing is not cool because it's not saturday night this or the whatever going out here and here and eating pizza here and right that's not cool yeah but it was kind of cool when he came back cool to school later. this year. Yeah, but even just this year, it was yeah, pretty cool sure. when he comes back to school and everybody wants to talk to you and find out how 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 this went and oh, you scrapped this guy and what's it like going on the you know they want the stories yeah. because that's pretty cool now. So yeah, if you sure. keep doing this for three to five years, ten years, that's you're cool later. 
and everybody exactly. wishes they would have done what you did. There is a commitment. Yeah. So that's right. Well, uh, thank you first of all, because it is yeah. people. People really don't know, and you know, like how much extra time and how much work it is to put a plan like that together. So it's nice having somebody notice that for sure. But the reason I do it, I was just talking with my Christine about this last night, is because I would have killed to have something like this when I had no guidance. Yep. If I would have had somebody say, here's a, an actual good plan that you, is it perfect? No. But is it good? Yes. Is it going to be better than almost anything anyone else does that you're going to be playing against? Yes. I would have died to have that, man. Yep. That would have been, I would have followed it exactly the way some of the top guys follow it. That yep. was exactly what I wanted. And that's what drives me to do it as extra work because I want them to, I said this exact thing to uh, Christine last night we were talking about, I was like, if they don't succeed, it won't be because of me. hundred percent. No, <laughs> that's, that's no. my goal. I want to leave yeah. it where it's like, it, now it's up to you guys. Like I'm giving yeah. you an option here. Now it's up to you to do the work and to get the good balance and to have the good timing yeah. and to be good enough and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's not going to be that you were misguided yeah. on my part, you know? Yeah. So that, that's the first thing with that. And then just a couple points about what you're saying on that. The, it's about progress, not perfection thing. Yes. You'll be, you'll be way ahead of anybody that you're going against just by progressing through this yeah. doesn't have to be to a T. And the other part of it too, is when you're making a plan, just, just to go on a tangent a bit about it, when you're making a plan for yourself, it's really important that you do things that you'll actually do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I kept harping on when we were talking about, especially the nutrition stuff. Yeah. I said, when you guys are writing out what your meals are going to be, so I'm give, I gave them four, I'm giving them four meals a day to eat. No, and no snacks outside of that. It's like, here's your four, whatever goes in your mouth is in one of these four meals. That's it. So that we have an idea of what, what's going in the body. And I said, pick things that you're going to eat and that you want to eat. Don't pick what you think I want you to eat. Yeah. Right. Because if it's up to me, I would want you to eat a hundred percent clean, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Because that's what the, the bar is always. The perfection is the bar. Yeah. But for you guys, I don't want you to look at this piece of paper and hate your life every day. I want you to want to do this thing. I want you to feel motivated to do it. I want you to feel inspired to follow it. I want you to feel like this is something that you can actually achieve and do and you're fired up to do it every day. So by week four, when now you're in the grind of it and it's starting to become a bit of a pain in the ass, at least you like what you're eating. <laughs> at least you like whatever about it that you formed because it's yours. It's for you. Yeah. You know? So that that's one piece of advice I'd give to anybody, if you're making a plan of some sort for yourself, keep it something you'll actually do, whether it's workouts, whether it's food, whatever. So the one, the one example is a lot of them, they'll still eat like cereal for breakfast. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big cereal guy. I would rather have eggs and whatever. But if you want to have the cereal, have the cereal and then we'll add better things around it, you know, but if you just need to have the cereal in the morning, it's okay. Like have the cereal and we'll add stuff to it. And then over time, like we said, it's not about perfection. It's about the progress. Yeah. Maybe in a year, maybe in two years, you realize, I don't really want the cereal. Like, man, it doesn't really make me feel that good when I eat it or yeah. whatever. And then you make the change later, but you already have things surrounding it. And I'm not making you feel like you're restricted in what you have to do. And you don't feel like you're restricted in what you have to do. So just a little side note about that. Like when you're, when you're making any kind of templated or thing to follow, it's got to be stuff you'll actually do because when you're really inspired and motivated and you just listen to the Rocky speech, and you're like, now I'm going to make my plan and it's going to be yeah. the best thing. It's like, okay, that's good that you feel that way, but you want to make it something that you're actually going to do. Yeah. You know, don't make it so much that you're like, well, I can't do all this stuff. I'm not doing all this, especially for three months. Yeah. It's a long time, man. Yeah. That's what I was saying to him last night. Like even buying clothes, like speaking of clothes, right. Yeah. It's like, you can go out there and like as an adult, 
say you get on a tangent, oh, I'm going to need some new clothes and you go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff. And then what ends up happening, you buy, for me, same. I wear the same thing yep. all the time. This yep. shirt, you'll see me on most of the time, a t-shirt, shorts, jeans, flip-flops. Yep. And I do have a pair of shoes here and there, but they, they get worn very seldom. Yep. Got a couple of clothes that I bought that I'll never, ever wear. It's not me. And it's the same thing with your food choices, right? Is uh, you, you got to look at what do you like to eat? And I, I really liked when you said that to them last night. Don't tell me what you want me to hear. Because you were eating, I think, a banana smushed up in... Uh, Oats Greek and, yogurt, and Greek post, yogurt. Yeah. And if, if the kids look at that, say, okay, I got to eat Greek yogurt. Like for me, because I, tr I tried different things like that. Yeah. And I, 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 I muscled my way through cottage cheese for a period of time. Like, I hate it. Yeah. I'm not like, I don't even enjoy this at all. Like I found ways to eat it because, you know, for me, it's just eat the, eat the right things. things. But it's like, I don't want it. So I, I know what I'm going to eat. So like I wrote, to, like I told the kids, I said, in the mornings I'll make four eggs and come here. Do they taste the best? No, but I hate them. No, it's fine. It's, it's convenient. It works. So do things that work and, and you'll have some success with it, right? And, and then I also told them, I'm like, the things that, there's going to be things that are going to pop up that you just, you will not be able to resist. So I said last night, I said, if I'm sitting down with my buddies and someone fires out a a beer in front of me it's like you telling me that i'm gonna say no i cannot have it ever it's it's that's not happening Sorry, so i gotta manage that and um and and like i'm having it mm -hmm. right it's like i'm having it and then there's gonna be things in front of me like if you throw a, a glass of rye i'm not having it because i can I, it's it doesn't appeal to me whatsoever yeah. right so it's it's uh it's very important that you what you said to them it was great and and, and again it's like so cool if they only do you know, I said shoot for 100 and, you know, if you get to 90, that would be great. But if you get to 70, that's better than most yeah, people are going to do. Seriously, You know? Yeah, it's huge. And another part too is like in, in here, we talk about environment a lot. You want to surround yourself with other people that are doing the same things as you or have the same goals or similar mindset and whatever. Yeah. And another really important thing to understand on that note of you're going to fail. You're going to, you're going to, right? You're going to fail. You're going to mess Every up. Every day. Yeah. Like there's going to be times where you just, your workout sucks. Your eating sucks. You went out instead of going to bed like all that happens yeah. all that's going to happen but the thing that's important to understand is especially if you have someone who's helping guide you this was the other thing i said to them along the same lines as don't tell me what you think i want to hear yeah because you also need to understand that i'm on your team like we're on the same team yeah you know so if you mess something up or something goes wrong you need to be able to tell me like don't feel like i'm testing you or like yeah. you can't tell me yeah. the thing that went wrong or that right. you messed up or whatever it's right. because i'm on your team i want you to succeed so if i'm measuring your your weight and your body fat every monday and we're seeing no changes but you're adamant that you're teeing on like you're right on on your diet like i know you're not yeah. you know yeah. but if you don't tell me now i can't make an adjustment with you i can't help you to to solve that problem yeah you know so that's another piece of it that's important too it's like if yeah. you have a good network around you or you have a good environment around you then you're going to be with people that can help you overcome those times when you're going to fail you know yeah. which is going to happen it's 100 percent going to happen you know? well the other thing that i said to them too was was uh there's going to be days where you fail and it wasn't your fault yep. you might be sure. your mom and dad might be dragging you to some kid's baptism yeah and there's there's the buffet and that's that's where we're staying all day yep. and and you're eating cake and all the junk food. That's not necessarily your fault, but you got to do your best. And there's gonna be other times where you're gonna come home and say, "Mom, I I can't eat craft dinner and hot dogs today. That's not on my plan." And she's gonna say, "Hey, why don't you shut up? Because I've been working for two weeks straight and I haven't got to the grocery store, and I just didn't have time. So just eat it, you little 
spoiled rotten, yeah. no good for nothing. Exactly. That is entitled and have no idea how life works. Yeah, exactly. And then you, you feel, you go in the box and feel shame for two minutes, right? And you, you know, or, or mom and dad might be in a financial situation where they're like, sorry, I can't afford it. Okay. You little entitled kid. Yep. So like there's things that do come up. And it's not the end of the world. You just regroup and you start yeah. over. So that's important. Well, now that was a really good question. One of the kids asked too, just as a last thing. He was saying, what happens if I have a family thing? Or what happens if... Yeah. And, and those, You're those the kid. Things. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? And I said, there's two, there's two ways to look at that yeah. problem, right? And I think this is really important too, is on the one hand, especially when you're not an adult, where you're not the one driving yourself, you're not buying yourself, you're not doing all that kind of things for yourself. Yeah. Sometimes you're just going to have to make do with what you got, yep. right? So if I put chicken in your meal plan, but mom made a roast or hamburgers or whatever, you can spam. Sub, yeah, spam. Yeah. yeah. You can sub the protein. It's okay. Yeah. It's not going to be the end of the world. That's yeah. one thing. Second thing, <clears throat> let's say your family decides to go out for dinner tonight. You can make a better choice at dinner, yeah. right? That's the second thing. Yeah. So some, sometimes you got to deal with it. That's one. Yeah. Second thing is just because you're going out for dinner and you can't control it, it's not a free pass to go, oh, well, we're going out for dinner. I'm just going to yeah. pack it in yeah. for this meal. It's like, no, you can still make a better decision. Yeah. Instead of getting the burger fries with a milkshake, you can get a better choice off that menu. Every restaurant has a, has a better choice yeah. you can make, mm-hmm. you know, that more or less will align with what you might have had anyways. Yeah. That's another thing. And then the last part of it on the extreme end is there's going to be times where you're offered the distraction or you're offered the obstacle and you actually do have the option to say no. And you have to be able to say no. And yeah. and you're going to get pressure from mom and dad. You're going to get pressure from grandma, grandpa, sisters, friends, whoever. Like one thing we always have is uh, sun- on Sundays, we have the big family dinner. Nadia puts on a spread and it's the best thing ever. And you know what I want to do is I want to eat it and I want to eat a lot of it. Do. And every Sunday though, every Sunday, no, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. Because that that doesn't mean you can't eat the meal, but it's not have a heyday now. That's yeah. that's the difference, you know. So so sometimes there's that whole spectrum of things that can happen. Sometimes you actually have no choice. You go on vacation. What are you What are you gonna do? You only have what you have. Yeah. You know. Other times it's you can make a better choice with what you have, and then other times you're gonna have to just say no. You yeah. have to be able to sacrifice those times when you can afford to make the sacrifice. You have to be able to do that. Otherwise. Your progress just stays the same, especially when you're talking about body composition stuff. Like these guys want to get bigger, stronger, faster, or some guys want to lean out or whatever. Like sacrifice is part of the deal, man. Like it's just part of the deal. If that's what you want and you want to reach, you know, whatever the goal is that you think you have, if you actually want it and you're not just saying, oh, it would be nice to, you have to do Everything would be nice. Everything would be nice, but... This is, that's not the way life or right. you're, you're, you're competing for the hardest thing you're probably ever going to do if you're actually competing for it mm-hmm. and uh, nothing's easy about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's uh, you live a healthier life. But I was going to, the last thing I was going to say about this is um, you never know, like if, if our players follow this or people listening, take a, a bigger interest in their workouts and their off season nutrition, sleep and all that kind of stuff. You, you, the worst thing that could happen is you create some really good habits yeah, and, and yeah, it was, you know, some good habits and, um, confidence because what that is, is, is you're it, by doing 50% of what we're talking about, you're going to get better. 
And if you get better, you're going to say, okay, I did this, this, and this. And it gives you an inner confidence that you actually can do something and you see results with something. So these kids at the end of the summer, if they actually dial in, you have no idea what a good off season can do for you. Like your skill level and all that stuff outside of doing your skills on the ice, it is what it is. But by getting those legs super powerful and mobile and, 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 you know, injury prevention, all that kind of stuff and lean and stronger. You have no idea where that can take you. Like oh, it's, it's, it's a huge difference, man. Exhibit A, man. Yeah. Well, and even outside of hockey, yeah. that's the other part of it too. It's like, even at, cause we always talk about this. Like if you're, most of you guys are not going to be hockey players. Yeah. Like, sorry, that's, that's the reality. Yeah. But going through this stuff, that doesn't mean it was a waste of your time. No. You wake up every morning in a good mood. It's like, that's not a bad thing. You wait because you have good sleeping habits, you have good eating habits, you're working out and feeling good and all that stuff. You wake up in a good mood, puts you in a good space for other life things. You know, when you go hang out with your girlfriend, you're in a good mood. You're not a pain in the ass. Well, and it's the pursuit of a goal. Like these are, these are lessons that, these are lessons by doing something, being driven in something and and paying whatever price it is or whatever Mm. you think it is and sticking to it. I mean, this is just healthy for life. Yeah, for sure. In every, in every way. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that actually, um, that end, ends up really kind of going into the topic we're going to talk about, actually. But if you, do you want to do your your uh, other part first, or do you want to finish with that? I'll just I'll just do that, and it'll it'll okay. leak into this. So okay. I I was um, especially was watching watching hockey, and I was just talking to O Dog about it today. About uh, I was just talking about a couple players, and how, how people have labels almost, right? And I was I was thinking, well, I got quite a few players in the NHL and. But the, the trend that I see a lot of times is people have labels. Like, for example, one is called compete, right? I've seen guys that, I mean, this happens. They don't have to be my guys. But someone gets identified as a competitor when they're 14, 15, 16. It's like, are they, though? Like, what makes them a competitor? Because a lot of the times they're just better. Like, if you're if you're if you happen to be bigger, stronger, faster, and maybe more skilled at 15 years old, and you're playing just a you know you're just playing like everybody else at the same compete level, like it might appear that you have a better compete because you're might be fat, like all those attributes and you're bigger, stronger, and then maybe once in a while like some guy comes comes around, and you turn it on a little bit, and you compete at a at a, a different level, but because you have the ability to, right. but when you get to so I'm, I, I've watched a couple of my guys this year, and I, I'm like, I don't know if he has that compete. I don't know. I don't think it's what they what you right. call compete. Yeah. I really don't. I see, um, I see you competing on the ice like you're playing, but I don't see like compete. And who the hell am I to say what is compete? You know what I mean? Like in, in reality, it's a little bit NHL, subjective. Yeah, yeah, it's totally subjective, and it's like like. It is competing like is my level compete you're blocking every shot and you're laying it on the ice every single second of the game like that's probably unfair but um but you do see guys that are competitors like when i look at Sidney crosby i think there is not a shred of doubt that he's a competitor you see it in his eyes you see it in his mm-hmm. body language you see him going that extra doing that extra every single time and and, and like like furious when when he's when things are not necessarily not going his way, but like just absolutely yeah. give me a raw steak with nails and nails in it. That's the type of guy I'm like, I need to win and yeah. I need to be the best. Like he's so driven for it. Mm-hmm. I think Connor McDavid has shown this year 
in the playoffs that he's turned a different level of compete. Like he's kind of throwing his team on his back still early, but wow, is he competing? He's out there throwing some hits and it's like, okay, that's where I see the, the compete is like, he's doing mm-hmm. more than what he is actually asked to do. Yeah. Stam coast. Another one stamp coast blocking or blocking yeah, shots. just getting injured yeah. and Corey Perry blocking shots. Like that's, that's what I see compete. So I, I just think a lot of the times people get labels yeah. and it's it's too early and and then going back to what we talked about the off season is like you don't know what's inside someone right they, things can change so you putting a label on someone early or late or whatever a negative or positive it's like they're not necessarily yeah, it can go fair. either way right oh 100 yeah. percent. yeah, yeah right. because like i i was just thinking of another guy and i'm gonna he's gonna be so happy that i said his name is so i've got a guy we've got a guy in here who's here last night griffin grunder yeah and this kid is was drafted to saginaw a little bit later and i, I went to bat a little bit and bragged about him to some teams. And there's a couple that were really interested in Saginaw and ended up taking them. And I could tell you without a doubt, and you, you were there with me several times, this kid plays and he's what five right now. What is he? Five, seven. Yeah. I mean, five, seven, five, eight, 102 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Seriously. One he hasn't, he hasn't developed as a man yet, but yeah. this kid, every single shift, I, I honestly haven't seen him lose a battle yet. And he's playing against some big boys. I guess he had a pretty good, you know, yeah, development, uh, development camp, camp and all that stuff, yeah. which I don't really care about. I'm just happy that he did. But I, I, that to me, that kid competes because he's just, and it's not, you, I, I see, I'm careful how I say this because just because you're smaller and just because you, you like you're the runt of the litter sometimes doesn't make you more of a competitor necessarily right. than a big guy that does the same thing. You know, it's just maybe more impressive. But at the end of the day, when this, because he is going to grow a lot and he's going to fill out and he's going to have that tiger in him and i can't wait to see it i like i i honestly think because he's got good skill too i think sky's the limit with this guy and i'm really really excited about watching him in the next five years yep three years five years and and but that's to me that's that if you say that kid's a competitor i say oh yeah i could compete but it's like when a guy is good already and better like we talked about mike tyson the one time like a lot of people say he's the greatest fighter in the world and then you know, I forget uh, what trainer it was. Says I disagree with that totally because when he was actually against real competition, where it wasn't just he can outperform a guy, when someone was in there for the fight, you'd see him bite an ear or find a way to to lose, yeah. like to end it early. Yeah. And uh, you know, we might have tell Mike Tyson that he can't fight. <laughs> yeah. But but the competitive yeah, we're not saying that. guys out there yeah. that will do what it takes, yeah. no matter what, under any circumstance, no matter how big, how small. And and that's what that's what Griffin is, and that's what Sidney Crosby is. Um, yeah. That desire, right? It's uh, so I just wanted to say that. And you look at any part of your game, you know, a lot of people label uh, label you, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like you see Bass, for example. It's uh, you know, defensive forward, uh, smart, intelligent, you know, but that doesn't mean because you have that label defensive forward smart intelligent reliable that doesn't mean that Seabass can't go down the ice and rip four yeah right doesn't mean you somebody. can't that does yeah. not mean yeah. that you can't get 30 40 goals mm-hmm. that's just the label you have on now so that that you know maybe it's the competitiveness maybe it's the skill maybe it's the confidence maybe it's something else but that desire that okay, I have this that I'm really good at and I'll continue to be good at, but I am adding this mm-hmm. because I, I want to be more than just one blanket statement. I'm going to prove all you guys wrong that I can do more than this. And how do you do that? Well, you've maybe it's a shooting pucks. Maybe it's focusing on 
getting your nose dirty, getting to the net or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, or maybe you get a guy, he's labeled soft. Well, soft doesn't mean soft forever, right? Yeah. I was out, man. I was out for sure. Some guys don't know what soft is or yeah. what, what, what you're supposed to be, right? So someone that could be soft, maybe, I'll tell you another thing. I played junior with some guys that were considered maybe a little bit on the softer side or, or maybe I wouldn't say that as a statement, but they didn't have penalty minutes or uh, weren't really rough and tough. But then when they got to pro, you'd see them with 200 penalty minutes. Like, where'd that come from? So labels can change. Yeah. So sure. because someone at 16 or 17 or 13 gets labeled as this, that means absolutely nothing. It just means that that's someone's opinion now. So, you know, don't take someone's opinions and make them your reality. Make them your reality. You don't have to listen to that. Yeah, you don't, and I just I really think that's important for people to 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 um, see. No one sees what's inside you. Like the same with the workouts, right? You don't. No one knows what's inside you when you decide to take a uh, to make a decision, and, and and you want something more than anything in life. That no one can stop you. No one can stop you. And I think that's really important. That don't give yourself a label. Yeah. Um, be what you want to be, man. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember that that was something that happened to me for sure. And unfortunately, even when I was older and I started to change it, I didn't have a lot of guidance in the way that I should be playing from a hockey standpoint. But I was that kid all the time. It was, I was, I'm a, I'm a nice kid. That's what I always got. I'm just, I'm a nice kid. Yeah, it's like, I'm not, smiling, good I'm kid. not, yeah, I'm not trying to, wasn't super physical when I played. I didn't really have a, any bite to me too much. It was, I was a nice kid. That was my thing. And it started to piss me off. And I remember, <laughs> well, and, and, and yeah. honestly, and then when I was like grade, I was tired of it and I was like grade nine, 10, 11. So then I just, I would start, I started fighting guys. I started on purpose because I was like, I'm not, I'm not just a nice guy. Right. Like, you know, I'm not soft. I'm not a soft kid. Yeah. And I remember the first couple of times I started cracking some guys and then I'd get a black eye myself or I'd give another guy a black eye or somebody be bleeding or I'd yeah. be bleeding or whatever. And then I'd be like, okay. And then next thing you know, my second year junior, I had 30 goals in 90 penalty minutes yeah, a year. That's pretty good. Right? Yeah. And unfortunately from there, it didn't, I didn't end up yeah. channeling it into that yeah. type of all over the spectrum type of player. Yeah. But that would have been, if I could go back and do it again, I would have identified that I could do that and, and yeah. kept that, kept that going. But it speaks to the, to the label thing. And the way you said it to me yesterday too, is you don't want to box yourself in, you know, and this is different from. Because we always talk about knowing your role. So yeah. I want to talk about this a little bit with with this because um, you might think we're saying two different things here, right? Like on the one hand, we say, you know, you got to know your role and you got to know your three things that you're good at and whatever. And now on the other hand, we're saying, don't put yourself in a box or don't, you know, and those things aren't to be confused. You can have your role and you can have your strengths, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're limited to just those things. Absolutely. Not. You know, and that's kind of what we're, we're going at. You take a guy like a guy like Seabass, like you said, a guy like Charlie, or even a guy like Griffin where it's like okay this guy or the examples you gave of the nhl guys you know Connor mcdavid is the a, a playmaking point guy if he doesn't finish a hit no one's gonna say a word exactly exactly period same stand close if he doesn't block a shot nobody says a thing yeah. it doesn't matter you know he had but, a free ride but he's he's choosing to go outside of what his role is let's say and con contribute, contribute to, to, a, the to the team in a different way team winning you know and that's that's the way to think about it we're not saying that, that's how those things can line up together, right? You yep. can still have your role. You can still have your strengths, but that doesn't mean you're limited to just that. And you can never step outside of that and do something else. Yep. You know, if you're a, a power forward that is supposed to go up and down the wing, get your shot, finish a hit and get off. But the one game you see, you have a lane that you can take where you can drive it to the net and make a move or whatever. Take it. Yep. You can still do that. You still. Well, it just, and it doesn't mean that you don't have, because you're a power forward and the role is to 
basically going straight lines in the finish a hit or whatever, that doesn't mean that you don't have agility anymore. Yeah, or you can never use your skill. Yeah, like, that doesn't mean that you have no yeah, skill at all. Right. I mean, at all. Yeah, so it's important. But the the, premi- the, the, the the premier role that you're playing is that and that, but you can add. Like you right. can put cherry on the cake or chocolate chips in the cookies. Like you're allowed. Yeah. Well, and this you is know? how you get a guy that's like Alex Killorn. We were talking yeah. about the other day or, or Patrice Bergeron. These yeah. guys where it's like they're in the top 50 in the league in points, but they're also the number one penalty killer, number one faceoff guy, have whatever, how, however many block shots in a season. Like this is how you get those guys. They had their role or whatever. Yeah. And then they started to get bring other elements into their game, yeah. you know? And you, they, then you talk about them as like an all-around player. And now like that's their role where it's like it's an all-around player. So it's it can be a fluid thing. It doesn't have to be you're stuck in, in, in a box, you know. And yeah. sometimes coaches will try to put you in one too, right? Oh, this is No, this is this is my point. Yeah. This is totally my point. Like people see what they want to see. Like just because someone coaches in the National Hockey League or the OHL or college does not make them the best coach in the whole world and mm-hmm. they know everything about everything. They there's a lot, There's different reasons why guys get hired. It could be you know the hockey network the world's small that's you know it could be that it could be they they hang around enough and they get their opportunities it doesn't make them uh anything and that's why like so speaking of that you'll get a guy that coaches right montreal canadians did it this year they hired um what's the guy's name ah look st louis st louis martin st louis well that's right out of the box okay well let's hang on you're not supposed to do that he can't be a good like basically if you go on everybody's uh, philosophy of you know labeling people well he has zero experience coaching in the nhl how can you you're supposed because we, we hire experience blah yeah. blah 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 right. well he came in there he knows the game seemed to work out pretty good this first half of the year right we'll see how it goes long term but he changed it john cooper right he never played really uh he coached started coaching he was a lawyer started coaching and he was one of the best coaches in the nhl so people put you in boxes but then you prove them wrong Yep. And it's it's your belief in yourself that you do it. So you can't listen to everybody all the time. Yeah. So like, and that, that was my point of that is like, just because someone you can reinvent it, Bobby Orr did it, right? You were a defenseman back then. We're supposed to stay at home, move the puck up and hammer people more or less. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby comes along and skates up the ice and controls the puck the whole game. He revolutionized it. So when that comes along, then... Everything changes. The rules yeah. don't apply anymore. Ty yeah, Domi, sure. when when I played against him, people said, "Oh, he can't play." No, he could play, man. He could play. You know, anybody that th- thought Ty Domi was not a good hockey player, I played against him in junior only, only because he was on the other side only a couple times a year, and he was miserable to play against. Why? Not because he was beating you up, you know, punching you in the head. He was he was doing that, but every shift he was hammering guys. And he would have the puck, and he could make plays, and he would go to the net, and he did things as a hockey player. That's why he played a whole bunch of years in the NHL. Yeah. So that the labels, you know, you can, you can accept them if you want, but you can add tools to the toolbox. Yeah, and my fa- my favorite is when you when you see those uh, those NHL guys that you know they break that mold. They or they learn that you say like they learn how to win. Yep. You know what I mean? Where yep. we were talking about this yesterday is like the guys, a lot of guys that come in as like those top those top skill players, they still have to learn yep. how to win. Is what yep. people say. You know, they got to yep. learn how to win. And I remember a few. I don't. I don't know if uh, if Ovechkin would really count. I, I still can't really tell with him. It goes that competitive. Is he a competitor or not? In nature. I don't know if Washington was just really good or if he learned how to win necessarily. I didn't watch enough of it to have a, an opinion. By the way, another fifty goals. Like I said yesterday. God, that's the quietest fifty goal season <laughs> amazing, of all time. Yeah. Everyone's talking about Matthews hitting sixty. This guy yeah. got fifty again. Yeah, man. again. He's, he's going to pass Gretzky. Yeah. 
it's unbelievable. Yeah, can't it's believe a, it. It's absolutely but, incredible. But I I love when you see a guy like uh, Steve Eisman was my guy growing up, whereas yeah. he was those one of those top end talents, and then all of a sudden he's now blocking shots and more responsible defensively, and, and they yeah. they talk about you know, them learning how to win. Yeah, you know, and and this is going to kind of be my segue into the the topic. I think it's more. Uh, you're learning how to win, but I want to talk about like learning how to lose. Yeah. You know, it's important that you learn how to lose. And you see that with a lot of those, those guys where they, you know, have a really good team, win the president's trophy, lose first round, yeah. go next year. They go second round of the playoffs, lose, losing the conference final. And you can see that with that same core, they slowly kind of figure it out. Tampa Bay is kind of the one that's on top right now, where that core kind of figured it out from a few years ago. You saw the same thing. They made it to the, first round or one president's trophy got out and then made it to the conference final lost. And now they're a top dog where they, they kind of learn how to, how to get to the top of that. But I wanted to talk about um, the learning how to lose thing today because I think it's important. I, th- I don't, I don't really understand what people are talking about when they talk about um, losing something. I remember people always saying to me was you need to hate to lose. You know, you need to hate to lose. A lot of the term is a lot of times is you got to hate to lose more than you like to win. Yeah, that's another one that they would say. Yeah, I, I, those are and, words. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about well, that. And, the, and this is what I want to talk about: with yeah. the, the hate to lose. You got to hate to lose. Like, what does that actually mean? So, if you're going to say you need to hate to lose, what is what does that mean? So, if you're one of those, if you're one of those dads, or if you're one of those uh, coaches, and you're somebody who's saying that to your team, or you're saying that to your kid, because I remember this is something that we used to get smacked when I was playing AAA. We were so shit, like we were terrible. Up until I was about 14, we would lose. We'd go play London and lose 11-1. Yeah. We'd lose to Chatham, who was terrible also, 6-1. We would get smacked by everybody. And I remember in the car ride on the way home, like my our, we would always carpool with somebody. My dad and whoever I was with's dad would be like pissed. Like they'd be livid. And we'd be in the back seat, whoever the me and the other player was, and we'd yeah. be like kind of embarrassed because we lost. But then it was like we'd be on the way home, and it's like we'd be over. And we'd be moving on. And our, I remember so, on so many occasions, dad's looking back at me. Aren't you guys, like, aren't you guys embarrassed? Like, don't you guys hate that you just got smacked nothing, like that? Nothing you could do. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about what, kind of what your thoughts are on that, the hate to lose. Because I have my own thoughts that I can get into in a sec. But when people say hate to lose, it's like, what does that actually mean? What are we talking about? You know? Yeah. So first, my first thoughts of that is I think people say things because they heard it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do. Yeah. I think people just repeat what other people say because it might sound cool or might i i really don't you know not to be an ass but i don't know how many times people actually think about what they say and to me like i i guess i probably never i get part of it because you don't want to be a loser Mm -hmm. but let's be honest you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win in everything yeah you know and and i don't know if i can call myself like talking about competitor I don't know if I can call myself a competitor because, you know, Ryan Donnelly, uh, we were doing a, um, what do you call those, uh, psychological analysis of yourself. And he goes, I guarantee you're going to be competitor. And I said, I guarantee I won't. He goes, what do you mean? You played hockey, you coached, you had a business and all that. I said, it has nothing to do with competing. Like mm-hmm. you could do all these things because you just enjoy it or whatever. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I, 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 I had a little bit of compete in me, but I was a tr- hated to lose. I, there's no way I'd be able to sleep because I lose every day, <laughs> every day, all the day. 
someone doesn't come back as a customer, that's losing. Someone starts another business like mine. It's like I don't, I don't snap. Right. I got to deal with it, and and that's just kind of part of life. Now, I like to, I do like to win. Right. And it doesn't like drive me to 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 no end. But um, so, anyways, let's go on back. Hate to lose. I don't know what that means to be honest with you. Hate to lose. Right. I mean. When we do workouts and stuff now, for me, it's like I come to the realization, even though I don't like to speak this way, but I've come to the realization that at my age, 53, there's some things that are going wrong, right? Like I said, my shoulder, elbow, my, my quick bursts of everything is just, they're, 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 it's not fast twitch like it was even two, three years ago. So physically, I can't compete with you guys anymore. Right, I try, mm-hmm. but I but but it's like to the point where I'm gonna lose, man. If we you me you and Dalton and Charlie yeah. do uh, like one of one of our metabolic circuits, I'm gonna lose. I could try all I want. So do I hate it? Oh, I've accepted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't necessarily like it because I I do want to. You would like keep to, up, win, but I'm yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, but hating to lose to the point where you know the problem I see with it is a lot of people do it. When you hate to lose, if you do it in the right way, I think it's fine. Like if you've competed and you're on a, a somewhat of a level playing field, right? And you've competed as hard as you possibly can, and you've you've lost because someone was just better than you, or they out, you know, whatever they're better than you. You 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 can be hate losing in that way because you gave it everything you got. Like, I understand, like, I gave everything I got and I just wanted to come on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Um, but what I see a lot of the times is people are told that they, they, they should hate to lose and they come out, like, with excuses. Like, well, you know, they're whiny right. little... Is exactly what I'm getting. Yeah, they're yeah. whiny. They're, they're, they're bitchy because they, they think they're supposed to. But if you actually gave everything you possibly can... I, I, there's there's nothing really that you can be you can not like it but yeah and th- this is kind of, it? this is what I'm this is what I'm getting at right so because what I see when people say that is like what do you want me to do do you want me to be really mad like do you want me to have a temper tantrum Pretend? because we lost yeah like what do you want me to do what do you mean by by hate to lose what do you actually what are you expecting me to do when you say hate to lose so to me it's so non-specific that it doesn't mean anything hate to lose what yeah. does that mean so if, if I come out and I'm so mad and don't talk the whole car ride home, is that like good? Is that I do a good job because I hated it so much that I didn't want to talk? No, that's not actually useful in any way. Yeah. You know, well, so it the goes, way it goes against uh, uh, mental toughness, to be honest with well, you. Well, and, and you're this letting is, it just sit in your crawl the whole time. Right. And this is what I'm saying. So do, am I supposed to show that it's eating away at me? Like I just can't take it. And I, I don't think that's useful. I don't think that's helpful. And I don't think it's a good way to frame it. And I don't think it's a good way to teach kids about Right. what losing is or anyone not just kids even for yourself so that, that's kind of what i'm what i'm starting to get at if you're a coach or you're a, a dad and you're saying that to your kid it doesn't mean anything and it's a lot it's important that they learn how to lose and they learn why losing is valuable and why it's important to be able to lose let me ask you a question then is it better to just because the, the other side of not losing ever is playing on a team that always will win well this is what exactly what my next point is oh, okay be, right so if you're if you're playing, I was literally just about to say, oh, well, way to go. Well, nice brain. Hey, brain yeah, freaking yeah. on, on track. Yeah. So we talk about the super teams all the time. Okay. So here's an example of what, what I think about hate to lose 
this is exactly what I think of when, when I'm thinking about who hates losing. So you take the super team of 13-year-olds yeah. that they've won every game, and then they lose in the finals of whatever the tournament is. They're down, they're down 3-1 with five minutes left in the third. Kids start hacking kids. Kids start yelling at each other on the bench. After the game, they're yelling excuses, like you said. The coach comes in and reams them out because they lost a game. That's what comes to mind for me yeah. when I think about hate to lose. So if, if you're the, the kid that always wins or you always get it your way or whatever, is that is that better than losing sometimes? And I don't think so. Because like to your point, you're going to lose. It's going yeah, to happen. 100%. So if you haven't figured out how to handle it, how to use it to your advantage and how to learn from losing then you're going to be that kid, exactly yeah. what you just said, or that dad or that coach or whatever, where you just have a temper tantrum and it's not constructive. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be disappointed that you lost or you can't be upset that you lost or you can't even be a little bit angry that you lost. But as long as you're able to, to deal with it in a way that's constructive and useful Absolutely. for yourself, you know, yeah. and that's what I was going to say about the team thing that you're mentioning there, right? If you're the team that always wins, we see it all the time. You end up with these entitled, spoiled brat kids that have clearly never had any type of adversity at all that they've had to try to deal with. And that's not better for them. That's it's, not better. It's objectively I, I, not better. I, I, I don't know what you learn from just showing up and being better than people. Right. You know, I don't know what you, I don't know what you learn. And I think that might be, no, I, I'm just throwing it out there. I think that when guys learn to win in the NHL or junior or college, or whatever, when they come from the big centers with super teams, I think that's might be part of the lesson of learning how to win is that you no know, you have to learn how to lose too and it's not like some people say you have to learn you have to lose to win uh, that's not necessarily true either exactly <laughs> but um, yeah that's it's a it's an interesting concept because the other side of it is if you if you run the Philadelphia Flyers you're the owner you're the GM and it's your job to assemble the best team I can actually maybe understand hating to lose a little from that perspective because you're assembling the actual team and your decisions go into the, a lot of the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so Ryan Ellis plays for the Philadelphia Flyers now and there's only so much he can do to make that team win, I think. Right. Right? It's It's got to be the whole assembled team. So maybe I think the guy up above the... I don't even know if the coaches, but more the GM and the president and stuff that put the team together. I can see where they're like, losing their shit because they made a whole bunch of maybe poor decisions or what do I have to do to get this team out past the hump? The players are going to do whatever they can or, or you think they would. Yeah. You know, but I, so I, I think maybe another, another perspective there is that when you have, I guess whatever your role is, you want to win at that role. Yep. Right. So I think that maybe collectively turns into a team win and yeah. GM win. Well, and I think the other thing I was going to say is, or what I wanted to, what I wanted to move into is um, actually you go, you got another one. Yeah. So that's a really hard subject to actually wrap your head around because um, when you, when you, there's different points in your career and stuff too. Right. So I'm going to use Seabass and Charlie, for example. So they go into the OHL for their first year and like, are you supposed to carry the team at 16 or you're the NHL at 12? Like how upset are you actually about losing? Like how, how, how upset actually can you be? Because you're, you're, when you're a first year guy or a limited role, the only thing that you can really do is do your role the best that you possibly can. Cause the, and, and, and it might make a big impact, might not, 
Um, but th that's all you can do. And if you walk away from that and you've lost, then what do you, what are you really supposed to do? Yeah. Right. If you're the captain, captain of a team and you have a huge role, then I think you feel a little bit more responsibility. But then again, as a player, you have to look at, you know, you try to get everybody up to the same level, but there's, yeah. there's only, your hands are tied to a certain degree. So when you say, I hate losing, I get it now. So we have, I'm going to use Seabass for an example again, okay, and, and the Saginaw Spirit this year. So I got a couple friends that, you know, like Brian Prout that runs the team with, on, on there. I met the GM and uh, talked to Seabass uh, quite a bit about it this year, and they didn't have a great season. So I talked to Brian and, and Dave Drinkle, who was the uh, – I saw him one day after the game in Guelph. And I when I when I spoke to them, like, you know, they come out with, ah, you know, this season – and it's and it was like almost like not making excuses because this is not I don't want this to come across negative because it's not negative at all it's just reality because you're losing and you're not having a great year you ha it's almost like you have to explain it does that make sense yeah totally right so yep. so you and that's come up what with reasons right? yeah and it was it's, it's Jesus this is not negative at all about yeah. the, they're they're wonderful people so like the I said to both of them, and I, if Drinkle hears this, he's he's going to maybe remember the conversation, maybe not. But Brian definitely did. And I would say, yeah, but guys, your team was built two years ago to have a, the best run ever. You guys have built a great program for every year. This year, with the COVID hitting and the draft, not knowing who the heck you were taking, and you're losing guys that you didn't think you are going to lose, totally out of your control, right? Totally out of your control. So it's not you. You're not the loser. It's circumstances in a bit, and 100% you're going to be able to fix it. But you could see, like, just get me out of this. And then just talking to Seabass a few times, it was like, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're going into games and you're, you're on a, uh, you know, you, you guys are working as hard as you can, but but it's just your, your, your team's not at that level yet. It wears on you, and you don't like to lose. Like, I can understand, like, you just want to get through this, but it's like there's only so much you can do. And you have to realize that at certain points. Yeah. So that's what I just wanted to say that about something kind of like real close to me. I was thinking about it. Like there's, that's, a, that's a good example of, uh, of that. Yeah. And I'm in no way saying you need to like losing or look forward to lose. Like I can't wait to lose today. It's like, you don't have to, that's not at all what I'm saying, but there's reasons, learning how to win. Yeah. There's reasons why you need to learn how to lose. And there's, it's going to sound like things that, you know, like to talk, if you start talking about the benefits of losing, it's going to be sound like, you know, stereotypical things that you talk about. Like, yeah. why is it good to lose? Yeah. You know, and it's important that you lose because, well, for first, from the mental standpoint, you learn how to battle some of that adversity. You know, you learn how to handle when things don't go your way. You're not just a suck ass, you know, and you try to figure out ways to get around obstacles. That's a huge component of losing. You know, somebody throws something at you and it takes you out. It's like, okay, well, now I know that that's could happen again next time. So what do I do to get around that? You know, and, pe and people frame it this way a lot. Instead of saying that you lost, you say that you learned. Yeah, I was right? just going to say that. And that's a, that's a really popular popular kind of way of, of talking about it. And it's important. It's important because it helps you keep a better mentality about it. Because like you said, when you're losing a lot, let's say you're, you're on a six-game losing streak. I've been in that situation on a team. And mentally, it's draining on the team. You can get like start to get really negative. You can start to not give a shit as much it can start to leak into your life outside of just playing the game where you're, you're not caring so much about going to bed on time. You're not caring so much about what you eat because like, well, we're going to lose anyways, who cares? You know? And if you're always framing it as in a loss, like negative thing, 
it's easy to slip into that. And I did that my last year junior, particularly where it was just like, stop caring about so much stuff. Not even, mm-hmm. not even because the team was losing because I was losing personally, like in my personal battles, yeah, yeah. I was losing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's really important where if you start to think of it in terms of this is a learning opportunity, why did I lose? You know, asking the question, doing the analysis to come up with reasons why or how you can overcome it next time. That's the most valuable thing about it. And I think that's important. So if you say, well, I'm, I'm going to, I hate losing. I don't want to lose ever. Then what's going to end up happening is you never learn that. You never have that skill. If you're expecting to win all the time, you never have that skill. And if you're so focused on hating to lose that you don't figure out where you can learn, yeah, then you're not, that loss is going to come again. That loss is going to come again. That loss is going to come again, you know, and yeah. you, you're not going to be able to get, get around it. Yeah. hundred percent. You, 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 you do learn, like I, I've said this to you a million times, I've said this to a lot of people and like my biggest successes that I've ever had have come from failures. And you hear that a lot, but I can say that emphatically. Like, it's almost like when you're going through something, it's like you need to learn. Like in, when you do learn and you, you take action and you start doing the right things to, to fix it, you actually end up being a better version of that. Mm-hmm. right so um you know was it your preparation was it the team's preparation like take responsibility for you take responsibility number one and then you try to fix and you try to lead or you try to Im- 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 implement that within your team and and try to change things and sometimes it doesn't work but the the, the other point that i was going to make on this as you, as you were talking what i think is really really important is winning or losing winning or losing how you go about it is critical. Here's why. Because any player that's listening to this, truly listening to this to get benefit from hockey, or parent, if you want to help your kid, is goes back to the same old thing. It doesn't matter whether you're winning or losing. It's how you're playing. Because what's your goal? If your goal is just... You, if your your goal probably if you care care about this podcast you care about the game is to move on to another level. So if you're doing that, whether you're playing Adam Peewee or U8, whatever the numbers are now, through junior to even in the National Hockey League, how you play is going to determine where you're going to be the next year. So you could be playing for a contract, you could be playing for um, to get drafted, you could be playing to get traded. You could be playing to be a wanted commodity somewhere else. You could be playing. Like people are always watching you. So if you and and don't think it ever goes unnoticed. Like when you're when you are are down, you know your body language will speak volumes. When you shrug your shoulders and you go to the bench and you blame people or you take a stupid penalty just because you're frustrated and uh, or you don't choose to go that extra mile because you know it's not worth it, so you think. Then it comes out in the wash the other side. So losing as a team, yes, you don't want to lose. You like to win. It's a longer season. It's more glory and all that stuff. But how you play is going to determine where you're going to end up later. So you can't always look at life or your game as today. And that's what I, you know, I say that said this to Charlie Seabass and all, all my players. It's like don't look at your training or where you are today. Don't look at your season. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is in in one week segments or one day segments, you have to look at it long-term. Where do you want to be? Where the hell do you want to be in five years or 10 years? And if you do the right things over three, five, 10 years, you're going to be in a special place. And um, it's the same with if you're on a losing team, right? If you look at that long-term, there's a lot of things that you can do to fix that. And you go through the hard times, right? 
You yeah. go through, you know, to, to get to the winning, you, you're going to battle. Yeah, for sure. Some teams are just good. Like, people are trying to figure out this Tampa Bay situation. It seems like a puzzle that uh, that, that doesn't want to be solved, mm-hmm. right? They just keep winning. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, is you can start to frame it like losing is still winning, depending on how you handle the losing, you know? Yeah. So, so sometimes if from a, on a team level, you lose the game, you lost the game. You, it's not a win if you lost. That's fine. Yeah. But for yourself personally, you can take that as a win because it'll bring you a step up. And something that you said uh, early on, you kind of touched on it, was a lot of your, your your most important or most significant moments came from some type of loss mm-hmm. when you lost something. You know, losing something, you learn and you grow from that, that thing. And uh, for kids, one that could be really relatable is something like getting cut. You know, you get cut from a team that you wanted to make or coach tells you to go home from your junior team because we don't have room for you anymore or you got called up and then they said, ah, we actually don't want to keep you. Like these are all things that can dev- can knock you out, mm-hmm. can knock you out totally. And if and you can let them, mm-hmm. and they will, mm-hmm. you know. And it doesn't even have to be that. It can it can be you got a really bad grade on the test, you got fired from your job, you whatever thing, fill in the blank with whatever loss you want. It can be things that can take you out. And a lot of times, the difference with a lot of a lot of people that they have a bit of that fight that you were talking about earlier, that competitive nature, they come from things like that. Yeah. You know, they come from some kind of difficult situation where they were just getting handed shit cards every time or loss after loss after loss. And they just kept fighting. They kept figuring out how to, how to get around those, whatever the obstacle was that came, came about. And those are the types of guys you see where it's just like, man, that guy just, and in the context of hockey, it always ends up being the captains of the teams where they just seem to be the one that's laying out to block a shot. Like, dude, watch freaking Steven Stamkos play, man. It's like he not, is not, not even just a goal scorer. <laughs> he's not even close to the player he was when he played junior. I remember watching him when he played for Sarnia. I remember watching this guy. And he was he just evolved, your one on one stud offensive hockey player. Yeah. You no know, goes to Tampa, has some injuries, losing the playoffs, yeah. whatever. And now it's like this guy. He's right up in the in the Crosby realm for me in terms of that leader of a team. Where it's like he throws a hit, he blocks a shot, he scores the goal, you know, and he just you can tell he's that kind of guy that he's he's been handed, even though it seems like he's like the superstar all star guy that got everything perfect all the way. He's not the same as some of these first round guys you yeah. see or first overall guys you see yeah. that they never really figured it out or they yeah. never had the same level of of adversity to handle or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really, it's really important that well, you start he, he to think about that. He definitely evolved into something special. Yeah. We're in the sea, you know, he had some pretty serious injuries too and he battled back. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, a, a coach in the OHL was, we were having a discussion about a month and a half ago. He said that, uh, you know, it's interesting to see guys that, I don't think they realize how much I watch what they do. He goes, it's the little things like they come into the room where they actually doing their mobility. He goes, like, we could tell them all they want, but are they actually coming in and doing it? It's mobility day. Are you actually doing it? Are you shooting the shit listening to tunes and pretending? Are you getting your lift in? Are you eating? And he goes, I notice it all. And he goes, it all adds up to being something. Of course. Yeah. Of course. We do the same thing. Yeah, 100%. And then it's like, so you take that into the game and it's like the same habits, right? It's, who's I watching the other day on the back check? Oh my God. It was uh, great. Cooch. Yeah, it was Kucherov. Uh, He had a turnover. And who are they playing right now? 
Who are they from? Um, Florida. Tampa and Florida, yeah. yeah well, so I forget. Now. I don't know if, the, if there was a goal or whatever, but he had a turnover uh, on the half wall. He's, he kind of just scoops it, but he lost it. It was a turnover. And this guy came back hard as you possibly can through the middle. And it was like, that's how you back check. And I, I can't remember if they scored or not, but it was like, okay, there's your one of the most gifted guys in the NHL doing what he's supposed to do. Got the first guy back as hard as he possibly could. Yeah. And you're seeing this a lot. If you really pay attention to those little details, those are the difference. That's he's won a Stanley Cup twice now. Mm. And he's not I mean, you have to do your both ends, but that's why. You know, you got your top your best player or second best player or whatever doing all that dirty work and Corey Perry blocking shots. That's why you're winning. Yeah. And the, the last point that I was gonna leave off of actually oh, sorry. was was uh was on that that exact note of people are watching how you're handling things. You know, so not only is it important for you to you lose you, the the failure happens, you analyze yourself, you analyze your game, use it as a learning moment. All that stuff on a personal level is important. But the other thing is how it affects your environment around you. And this was going to be my my last point to to finish off the the topic here is that people notice who the losers are. Oh yeah, you know, and if you hate it, like the in the in the name of hate, you act like a loser. Your team notices. Your coaches notice. Yeah. Parents notice that are yeah. watching. Don't get scouts, rave reviews. Yeah. Scouts notice. Everybody notices. So if not for, you know, your own mental attitude, at least do it because you know people are going to be judging you on on how you're handling yourself in those moments where it, the going gets tough or you're losing or whatever. Yeah. You know, because the coach, like you said, the coach is always looking for, okay, we're on a, we're on a skid right now. Who's the guy that I can... I can ask to help us get out of this. Like, yeah. which guy can I lean on to turn yeah. this around? You yeah. know, that's that's where the leadership group normally comes in. Is that's yeah. who you would expect those guys to be? Yeah. But it's so it's so important, man, that yeah. you you have that that ability because everyone's going to be watching, man. The scouts talk about it. We yeah. we talk about it with the guys in here when they yeah. come and sit down. We talk about who's who's yeah. doing it, who's 100%. not doing it all the time. You know, yeah. so so interesting. I'll finish off on this. Okay. I don't know how long this is going to take. Probably not too good. long, but it's interesting. Yeah. Say it a lot, but it's just I've got a really good example here. Good. You don't know him, and I don't even know him. So every year we in the OHL draft because it's close to home. We train so many players, and it's my kids' league, and so many guys are tight with us. You know, I, I love keeping up with the OHL. Mm -hmm. And every year for the last 20 years that I've been training, people put out their rankings. I mean, they're doing it in the NHL right now. Every, these independent study uh, yeah. things have their, their rankings. All right. So they're never right. They have a few guys, right? Because they're obvious. And yeah. then, so the funny, what I what I really enjoy is uh, I'll look at them once in a while, and you'll hear the hype. So you have your big teams that have the best teams, and you, and 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 people cannot fathom some kid from Chatham, Ontario, can get drafted in the first or second round. I had one person uh, talk to me. Um, and said, well, if I, my son plays in the Alliance, it's not as good of a league, right? I'm like, wow, no, that's wrong. So, okay, so here's my example. Do you know where Holstein, Ontario is? Not a clue. Never heard Never of it? Never heard no? of it. Neither have I. <laughs> where is it? Well, I had to look it up. And the reason I had to look it up is because I, I, I love this stuff. Yeah. So Charlie's team drafted a kid out of London. Okay, and I guess he was ranked pretty high, and he's supposed to be really good. The first rounder, right? Okay. Jet Lachenko. Okay, and I heard nothing but like he's, he could skate like the wind, really good, crafty. Someone, one of the scouts told me, one scout that I talked to said he's going to be a lot like Evangelista. But that's pretty good. That's a pretty yep. skilled guy. Cool from London. Okay, I can accept London as a as a thing, right? All right, so cool. 
London. Because a lot of people say London because you're not from Toronto, Toronto. Chicago, yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. They didn't win the OHL Cup. How can they be? How can you get a good player from a smaller place? Like yeah. that's how people think, right? Yeah. So are you ready? So Holstein, Ontario. Well, what the heck is this, right? So the Guelph's second round pick is from Holstein, Ontario. He played for the Halton Hill Hurricanes. So I guess he was rated like fairly high, but. For the average guy, they're looking at watching the Halton Hills team, and they're going, "Well, no one good here." Like, but this guy obviously can play the game, and you know, from what, what I heard, he's like he's that old school, like like similar to Charlie. He's rough and tough, and he's got some skill and stuff. And uh, but Holstein, where the hell's that? How can he be going that high? And, and these guys come from places, and scouts don't. So my point is, scouts don't just scout best teams. Because that means nothing. It's just where you live. They're looking for that kid that is playing on a probably. I don't. I, I, I'm speaking out of school here. Probably not. Probably mid of the pack AAA team. Yeah. Or less. Yeah, or less. Yeah. And this guy's sticking out like a sore thumb to go in the second round. Yeah. So it has nothing to do. With, like if you, I don't know what the record was. I don't know anything like that, but I can tell you they didn't win the OHL cup. Yeah. Wasn't the probably, probably <laughs> were any, Yeah. They weren't anything like that. Yeah. But this kid, and there's several others that do the same thing. I'm just using him because I love the story mm-hmm. and I know, you know, and then, so what I see, like, I love it. Like me and Wellwood were talking about, you know, yeah, you take, keep taking these kids from down here. Cause we drink well water. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. no, that's right. A little man. bit of farming. So I know the second rounder, he's got a little bit of farm in him. Yeah, you know uh, uh, Holstein. I, I'm sure it's not a metropolis. Yeah, I'm not cutting right. it up. But I was just, you know, so he's he's probably comes from some good roots. Probably a great kid. Don't know. Yeah, probably a great kid, and yeah, he's he you know he's got work boots. That's you know right. he's got work boots. You know that he's probably when when Coach George or whoever says uh, you need this this and this or gives him a little bit of shit, he's not going to cry and say, well, you know, someone's been wiping my ass for the last 15 years. Like, don't do that. I don't yeah. like it. He's going to battle, and he's lost. But you put, now you take that kid that works his ass off and can take a team that's average and stick out like a sore thumb. What happens when you put him with guys that can play? That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. When you can get him with guys that can play, all of a sudden you got a stud from Holstein, Ontario. Yeah. Where the hell is it? Anyways, I think, to fi- finish it off, I believe it's north of Guelph and south of Owen Sound. Could be wrong. Right. Could no be in one. Ottawa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. No. <laughs> but anyways, right? Well, I, I want nothing but great things for this kid. I swear to you. I hope he comes out and he's the pride of Holstein. And one, and yeah. Pride if of that's how you pronounce it. One and and you, we get questions like this all the time too from kids. It's like my team, my team here isn't very good. Should I go there because this team's gonna lose, and that team is better, and it's important. It's an important part of becoming an athlete. And becoming a competitor and becoming someone who can be an impact player is being able to handle that. Like that is very valuable. People are always are very, very caught up in being on the best team and winning all the games and all that stuff. And they forget why it's important that you're on a shit team, you know, or you have nobody to pass to, or you have like this is important. You, you figure out ways. You have to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. You know? And that's not to say that everybody needs that, or that's not to say that you can't do it the other way. But there's something just really likable about players that have that, you know, if you get the guy that can always just score all the goals and he's, you know, never had to had a hard day in his life, that's fine. But there's, there's always a quality that people like about the guy that 
figured out how to work around this or deal with the obstacle because you, you start having some humility about yourself in yeah. your game. And then if you're a good player and you have some of that, you're the guy that everybody wants in your team, man, oh, because you, you've learned how to battle. You've learned how to deal with a loss, yeah. you know, and there's guys that there's guys that never get that. And they're yeah. always a pain in the ass. And people always talk about them with a, a bit of a negative yeah. connotation because they have that entitlement or they, I always need a new stick or new skates or there's always something that's not my fault for the reason things are going wrong. And that yeah. happens all the time. So don't, don't underestimate or undervalue how important that quality is being able to lose, be it being humble in defeat, being able to come back and, and get around the obstacle that knocked you out last time. Those are really valuable things, not just for yourself, but for the people around you, the people on your team, the people that are watching you, people that are scouting you and to get yourself to, to a, a next level. That's a really important quality to have. And that's why I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that today. So yeah. that's my, well, that's my last so, thing. so we'll take the, Mackenzie kid that was drafted to Guelph, right? He, I'm not saying he lost all the time, but he was not on the on the big teams. He, he stayed at his home-grown center and played there, and he probably did his fair of losing. But at the end of the day, guess what? He just won. He just became a second-round pick, signed with the Guelph Storm. That's a win. And then, um, you know, look back to Seabass and Charlie and Andrew their their team when they were coming through Windsor like I I never realized when until I went up to when we start going up to Guelph like Charlie was going these guys don't know what the hell Windsor is like what and I'm like it's the greatest city in the world <laughs> but they don't they 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 what the heck are you doing Windsor yeah it's across from Detroit guys it's the greatest city but it's like so far down from a lot of these guys and and so you can see when they go to the tournaments like they go oh, we're playing Windsor that'll be a win. And so I was really proud of that group of kids with B. There's some really good and pair of news. Like, oh, I, I'm, I don't want to say names because we're missing them all. But they were a losing team, like bad. And they just kept getting better. Gibby came on and, and, and Paranuzzi came on. And they made the team a little stronger. But they played, when they played some of the big centers, they'd start whacking them. Right, they started playing well water hockey. Right, yeah, I remember. <laughs> it man. wasn't all pretty. Yeah, and they were like they had some decent skill, but they were like hard, hard, hard to play against. And they could beat. They're in the game with anybody, and they beat a lot of those big teams. And people would be like, "What the heck?" And then you got you know like for sure Charlie uh, Jerv that played in the OHL this year, and you've got uh, um, Gibby that's probably going to be playing year, with the yeah. Sioux next year. Had, had a, a really good year. paranuzzi has got some good options, and you know I, I'm not sure about all the other guys. And then you got McPherson's that you know they got their scholarships, and it's like from here. Like, yeah, man, they come from everybody, yeah. but it's not always about, you know, they know, they know what it's like to have some adversity and that's the whole point. Yeah, for sure. So learn yeah. to take some hits, man. Yeah. Be patient with your, uh, with your progress because the losing is an important part. So that's all I have. Yeah. Have you anything else? No, good. I talked okay. a lot today. Cool. 